Hello, family and friends. I'm honored today to have with me my daughter, Shelby, who is also one of my most popular guests. So I guess we could say, back by popular demand, it's Shelby. So thank you for being with me, Shelby. It's always a blessing to have you on, and thank you so much for taking time out to, to share today. Well, Shelby's message today is abiding in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful that you're a good God, that you sent Jesus to die for us on that cross, that he shed every drop of his precious blood for us. We choose to live in that. Father, he paid the price, and Father, we choose to walk in that every day of our lives. If we miss him, we choose to be quick to repent. And we thank you that your mercies are new every day, and thank you for this message today, and we'll have ears to hear and, and also do this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today I want to talk about abiding in Jesus. Today in the world there's a lot of confusion. The devil is the author of confusion, so I feel like he's got people very confused about how to live, who to serve, and he just is getting people all messed up because they're not abiding in Jesus. So for today's first scripture, let's start in John chapter 8, verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Verse 34, Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I think one of the biggest things that people don't understand is that being a Christian and a servant of Christ, we are free when we serve Jesus. We're not free when we go out and live in the world and sin. That's not that's not freedom. That's bondage. Serving Jesus is a is a privilege and an opportunity. And being able to live without sin doesn't mean we we do mess up and we do sin, but we're able to repent and not have sin weigh us down like the world does. So true freedom is found in Jesus and by abiding in Him, not by abiding in sin. And then I want to read an excerpt from a Kenneth Copeland devotional that ties into this that I thought was really good. It says, if you keep copying the world's ways, you're going to share in the world's destiny. But if you'll copy Jesus, if you'll say what he says and nothing else, you'll share his destiny. It's your choice. Romans 12, 2 says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You won't find the will of God by copying the world. You'll find it by copying Jesus, just like verse 31 and 32 say, If ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So I love this these verses in the Passion Translation, too. I think it really brings it out. Verse 31 again says, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, When you continue to embrace all, all that I teach, not just some of the things, all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. Verse 34, I speak eternal truth, Jesus said. When you sin, you are not free. You've become a slave in bondage to your sin. And slaves have no permanent standing in a family like a son does. For a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, then you become a true son and be unquestionably free. Unquestionable freedom is found 
in Jesus and by abiding in him continually. And then just the last part on those verses I wanted to point out is in verse 31. It says that we need to hold fast to the teachings of Jesus and live in accordance with them. That's what the Amplified Bible says. And so we just need to hold fast and be steadfast in our following of Jesus. Romans chapter 8 has also got some really good scriptures. I want to start in verse 9. It says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So if we want to be true sons and daughters of Christ, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. And one of the ways that we hear the Holy Spirit's voice is we got to take time to not be in the world and be all caught up on our phone or in our job or with our family. All those things may be important and have a time, but we got to be able to take time to be still before the Father and take time to meditate and to just listen to the Holy Spirit. We need to spend time in the Word so we know if what we're hearing lines up with the Word of God because the Holy Spirit's never going to tell us something that contradicts the Bible. Amen. Uh, I want to continue then in Uh, Read verse 14 again. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. God is our Father, and he loves us so, so much. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified together. And then closing out in verse 18 and 25, it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Again, I really like that kind (laughs) of these verses say that our life's not going to be all cushy. Just because we want to abide in Jesus doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. But we just got to stick with it. We got to persevere. And no matter what's going on in the world or no matter what the world says is okay or not okay, we got to make sure that that lines up with the word. We always got to go back to the word and make sure that we are putting Jesus first, not what people think or what society thinks. And then let me kind of start winding down. I want to tell, give a really good example of um, people who abided in the word and, and from the Bible. So Acts chapter 1, it's starting in verse 12. It says, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And reading verse 14 again in the Amplified Classic says, All of these with their minds in full agreement 
devoted themselves steadfastly to prayer, waiting together with the women and Mary, the mother of James, and with his brothers. So what I really like about these verses is it's talking about right before the day of Pentecost, or on the day of Pentecost, that there was 120 disciples that were there, and they gathered in this upper room. And the verses say that they were continuing in one accord in prayer and supplication. They were in place ready to move as soon as God's Spirit was poured out on them, like Jesus had told them. He said in Luke twenty four forty nine, "...tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high." So they were doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. The sad part is that Jesus had appeared to more than 500 disciples, but not all of them were there. 380 of them, I guess, decided to stay home. They didn't abide in the word. So I think this is a really good example of the ones that were there later on. That's when the Holy Spirit was poured out, and it was a great, great move of God. And so it's just... A really good example, I think, of what can happen if you abide in Jesus and stick with him. You're definitely going to be a lot better and your life is going to be a lot more blessed. Again, it may not always be easy. These, These disciples ended up being persecuted and went through a lot of different things, but they lived strong for Jesus and they were there because they obeyed the word. So that's what we need to do is stick with the word, which is Jesus, and we're going to come out on top. Amen. Great message. Shelby, would you pray for our listeners, please? Father God, thank you for this day. I pray that you'd help us to be completely committed followers of Jesus, where we hold nothing back, that we choose to stick with the word, to stick with Jesus, no matter what society tells us, no matter what people tell us, no matter what anything tells us. Lord, we need to always check and see if our lives are in line with the word and help us to love people and just share the gospel because that's what people need. People are hurting and they're lost and they need Jesus and he's the answer. So help us to abide in the word so that we're able to share the gospel in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Shelby. Great message. Folks, you can contact us at celebratejesusministry at gmail.com. We love you all. Please go talk to someone about Jesus today. And remember, Jesus thought about you on the cross at Calvary.